Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Hope you're having a wonderful week, and I've got a very special guest Jan Markell is with us, and we are going to get into detail on some aberrant theologies and some doctrines that you may be surprised about as far as how people can be deceived or fall for some of these things. So we're going to get into detail this hour and really kind of go through some in-depth teachings that may make you uh, kind of wonder how we got here as a church. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but first let's open in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about truth and talk about doctrine and things that really matter. And uh, God, give us discernment. I know your word tells us to test all things. And we ask that you would lead by your Holy Spirit this conversation and also in our daily lives, Lord, so that we might know how to respond, not only what's happening in our culture and the evil and the godlessness, but what's happening in our churches, Lord. We have been seduced Many have fallen for different theologies and doctrines that just aren't biblical. And so give us love for them. Help us to speak the truth in a compassionate way, but yet to stand firm on the biblical truth and and help us know how to approach even our brothers and sisters in these things. Thank you again for another day. Great is your faithfulness and your mercies are new every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are blessed to have back with us Jan Markell, founder, director of Olive Tree Ministries. And I was blessed just to be her guest uh, just last month on Understanding the Times Radio. Jan, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Yeah, thank you for having me, David. You're very welcome. You know, your voice does sound uh, stronger than the last time we <laughs> talked. I'm thankful you got through COVID and uh, God has more for you and has protected you and uh, we praise God for that. Um, you put out a summer edition of your newsletter magazine, yeah. and we're going to talk a lot about the lead article, and it's called Why Many Churches Today Can Never Understand the Times. Never is a pretty provocative word when you put some churches in that category. So, Jan, right off the bat, before we get into a couple of the doctrines, uh, and it's a short list of theologies that I think people need to better understand, but that's a pretty provocative statement to say some will just never get it. Can you expound on that a little bit? Right, um, and I included maybe half a dozen theologies, and, and I think I started with um, one of the more troubling ones, though they all are, quite frankly, but, but I think the one that is um, probably present in more churches than we can possibly imagine is what's called amillennialism, and um some people think, well, if you put an ah in front of it, it just means these folks don't believe there's any kind of a millennium. Um, well, that's not quite true. They just have a different uh, sort of interpretation of when the millennium is, and all millennialists would believe that uh, the millennium began at the cross and, and that we're in the millennium now. And, and you know, let's, let's just ponder that for a moment, because those of us who know truthful theology, that the millennium is going to be a thousand years of Jesus Christ literally ruling and reigning on this earth, uh, following the tribulation, seven-year tribulation, and the saints come back with Christ to put an end to that tribulation, and then he sets up his glorious 1,000 years of not perfection, but close to it uh, on earth, Mm -hmm. with Jesus ruling out of uh, Jerusalem, that is what you and I believe, and hopefully a lot of listeners, but a shocking number of denominations believe in amillennialism that, no, the the millennium began at the cross and we're in the millennium now. Well, excuse me, I don't see any lion laying down with a lamb. I don't see any peace and quiet and tranquility anywhere on this planet. I don't see King Jesus ruling anywhere. As a matter of fact, he's pretty much been thrown into the dustbin of history almost everywhere, including by a lot of churches. So this is a terribly troubling theology that most Methodist churches embrace, every Catholic church, every Lutheran church, probably most Presbyterian churches, maybe not all, but heavily, um, and some other more mainline denominational churches. In other words, those who believe the truth of Jesus literally ruling and reigning out of Jerusalem would be maybe, I'm going to take a guess here, 
maybe no more than 10% of people attending churches today, which is, I think, shocking and a tragedy. Wow. Um, one thing that stood out to me is you said they don't, they don't take it literally. Right. And this is astounding for many of us. And, and I know a lot of people can look to the book of Revelation that you cite in this first section here of your article. Revelation 20 says it, it says it's a thousand years. It says multiple times. Right, right. And yet they cannot take that literally. Jan, I think a lot of listeners are wondering how they got. It seemed like a big leap to get to that point where they're saying, okay, it's not literal. Well, then they would have to apply that same principle to so much that's in Scripture that it just wouldn't work if you followed that through logically. Well, I, I got an email from a follower of, of Olive Tree Ministries, <clears throat> And um, she <laughs> related an experience, it sounds a lot like what we're talking about, and she, she'd been attending, <clears throat> happened to be a Reformed Baptist church, and she said the church is solid on, on almost every doctrine, um, certainly salvation and some other things, very, very solid church. But then she approached the pastor and said, would you mind please preaching through Revelation? And he said, well, okay, well... We'll tackle that, and eventually he did. Well, long story real short is the first three chapters were fine, but then he got to Revelation 4, and suddenly he's spiritualizing. Everything is symbolic. After Revelation uh, 3, starting with 4, everything is symbolic. Nothing is literal. She nearly fell out of the pew. She had no idea after, after years of attending that church, again, solid everywhere else, but you get to the to eschatology, end times, the significance of the nation of Israel, and the, the pastor is on another planet, at least as this woman was describing it to me, because everything is spiritualized, everything is allegory, everything is not taken literally. Suddenly eschatology, or the doctrine of the last days, of which Israel is key, all of this is skewed, all of this is falling now into into heresy, and this woman who had attended, attended this church for many, many years, now that she realizes it's amillennial, which she didn't even know what that meant until she looked into it, and everything is being spiritualized, and, and, she, and, and here's the tra- tragedy, David, yes. is she's looking around at, at the people in the church taking in what the pastor's saying, and she's seeing everyone is just accepting what he's saying as truth, and they're all being deceived about end-time issues because they just assume their pastor is handling it properly, whereas this woman knows, no, we need to be taking this literally, yes. and she left the church. Wow. I know a lot of people like that, and they're looking for churches. I'm sure that's one of the most yes. frequent questions you get at your ministry, like we right. do here. Can you direct us to a church that teaches the whole counsel of God, whose doctrine is sound? And uh, for one example, you said in your article, Jan, it's, you say, if God would renege on his promises to Israel after proclaiming those promises to be everlasting, how could we be sure of anything he promises, including the promises of salvation to believers in Christ? Good question. Right, and, and that's the problem with, with replacement theology, which often goes along with uh, millennialism and, and some other things we'll be talking about, but the replacement theology is that the Church is the new Israel, and that there's just no significance to modern-day Israel. Well, if anybody's keeping up with the news, which is hard to do these days because the news literally changes every 24 hours, but <laughs> nonetheless, Israel is a major player in our, yes. in our news today. And, 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 and your listeners and mine want to understand the news from a biblical perspective. Well, if we're, if we're going to get, if we're going to be talking about various theologies that are changing, that, that are aberrant, that are false theologies, including replacement theology, uh, the church is the new Israel. You can't possibly understand the times. There's Mm-mm. no way. No. When Israel is the center of of the evening news, when Israel is the center of the Bible, when Israel is the center of what's going to happen in the last days, and suddenly the church is replacing her in replacement theology, which again, every Lutheran, every Catholic, every probably every Methodist, probably every Presbyterian 
uh, and I could go on with other denominations, not important, but but in other words, we're back to about 90% of people attending churches are hearing the wrong theology. They cannot possibly understand the times. Jan, do you think part of this, I guess, seduction or deception is maybe because there's very little emphasis on Israel in our own mainstream media, and the the church really doesn't follow a lot of the Jerusalem news outlets and keep up with what's happening over there. So, in other words, in American Christianity, too much of the time, Israel is not an issue. Well, that's true, um, but it doesn't help when um, our pulpits are not telling the truth. Right. I think it just adds to the disaster. Okay. And and what I'm hoping is that, and I'm probably it's probably a pipe dream. What I would hope is that if there's one place people can run to for the truth, uh, it would be their pulpit, their church, uh, because that's who they're trusting. And I, mm. I'll go back to the lady who wrote me an email. Um, I've gone to the church. I think she for seven, eight, nine years, and I the pastor is wonderful, and he's everything he preaches is dead right on, except when we get to Revelation and everything's allegorical and symbolic. <laughs> so you really can't trust your pulpit then, uh, unless. And I what I tell people is go visit if you're looking for a church, go to the website and find what we believe, mm. and make sure they believe in premillennial dispensationalism, and we could talk about that later, but that's the truth, and that's where the end times and current events and Israel's role and 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 various things that are important to you and me, David, yes. are only going to be told in a truth-telling church, will never be found in amillennialism or rape replacement theology or kingdom now dominionism or preterism you'll never find the truth in those churches never you'll be led so astray your head will be spinning yes and we'll get to that and one of the things that we can actually say there's several things about the clear biblical in indications that the kingdom will be a literal earthly kingdom for for example Zechariah 14 Christ's feet will actually touch the Mount of Olives prior to the establishment of his kingdom. Also in Jeremiah 23, during the kingdom, the Messiah will execute justice and judgment on the earth. And it mentions a little bit of that in Revelation as well. Daniel 7, the kingdom is described as being under heaven. Also Acts and Isaiah and, and Ezekiel and Amos, the prophets foretold of dramatic earthly changes during the kingdom. And then finally, the, a fifth point, the chronological order of events in Revelation indicates the existence of an earthly kingdom prior right. to the conclusion of world history. So, Jan, if they can take Revelation as you know symbolic or allegory, what, what do they think about the first couple chapters, particularly 2 and 3, which are letters that right. Jesus is speaking to Christian churches? How do, how do you not take those as literal? Well, and again, this gal who wrote to me said she didn't have an issue with Revelation 1, 2, and 3 okay. with the pastor. Well, he handled that fairly well as, as literal letters to churches. Okay. But then, but then he got into Revelation 4 as an amillennialist, and that's when he began uh, spiritualizing and symbolizing. But honestly, if your listeners are reading the Old Testament, there, there's probably no more most referred to theme in the Old Testament, because so many Bible verses, and if we had time, and we don't have time, but <laughs> there are literally hundreds and hundreds of scriptures in the Old Testament that refer to the coming kingdom, the literal coming kingdom that yes. Jesus rules and reigns out of, and, 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 and to all of those are canceled when you don't take the Bible literally. They're all canceled, and they all take on different meaning. So again, what we believe is so vitally, vitally important, and that we're in a, a church that's teaching the truth and not, uh, well, since this is what, not spiritualizing, not turning everything symbolic, because then the Bible is going to be turned upside down, and the way you understand the times is going to be turned upside down. Yes, so we have to guard against deception, and even our brothers and sisters who are going to yes. churches that we may not approve of, but if they are there, we need to be concerned that they are possibly uh, being uh, deceived by some of these doctrines. So, Jan, let's... exactly right. Yes, let's go on if we can. We've got uh, about six minutes in this segment 
um, to go on to the next one. And do you want to cover Dominionism Now, Kingdom Now? And by the way, Andy Woods has a great book out called The Coming Kingdom, and he Mm kind of gets into Kingdom Now theology, how it's changing the focus of the Church. Is that a good place to go next? Sure. And and this is um, Kingdom Now, Dominionism, is what's ravaging the charismatic movement, and, and it didn't used to, because mm. I remember even as recently as the 90s, and by the way, there are some Assemblies of God that are holding out and teaching the truth when it comes to end-time issues, but more and more within the charismatic stream are caving to this dominionism. And if you, right now, if anybody even wants to go to the website of, of Bethel Church in Redding, California, you'll see the home page is heaven is coming down to earth. Well, that's what Kingdom Now Dominionism is all about. It's all about the church and how the church is going to revolutionize the earth, revolutionize the planet, make it perfect. Well, how's that working out for us? Mm. I mean, we need another trillion years for that to play out in the church makes the world perfect. It'll never happen. But this is what came along in the charismatic stream I would say maybe 25 years ago, somewhere in the 90s, and and it used to be called post-millennialism. Post-millennialism 100 years ago taught that the church was going to come along and perfect the earth. Well, then came World War I, and then came World War II, and most post-millennialists gave it up and said, well, there's no way perfection is ever going to happen. But then came Bill Johnson and a lot of the more um, modern... um, representatives within the charismatic stream, and and they just changed the name to Dominionism, Kingdom Now, and it's the same thing. It's all about the Church. Israel has no significance. It's all about the Church and how they're going to perfect the world. Wow, I can see— And again, a lot of of charismatic denominations. Right, and I can see, if that's their stance on Israel, I can see how they can kind of uh, minimize the Old Testament, (laughs) because it's all about Israel. Um, Jan, exactly. if you could simplify something for us, for those maybe our newer listeners, and maybe there's some newer believers trying to grasp all of this, what would be the key difference between Christian dominionism and Kingdom Now teaching? Are they, They're kind of intertwined, aren't they? Yeah, they're, inter- they're intertwined. It's just different terminology, really, for the same thing, and that's all emphasis is on the Church. The Church is going to do glorious, glorious things. The Church is going to lead a fantastic end-time revival that's going to bring in billions of souls here in the last days. Um, but there's going to be no mention of Israel's end-time role because they don't. it's irrelevant to them. Everything is focused on the Church. And, and again, what does the Bible say, and we can bring this up again, but what does the Bible say is going to be the predominant end-time, well, stream going on? It's going to be apostasy, the great falling away, the doctrine of demons. Yes. That's what's... That's what the end-time church is going to look like. Second Timothy 3. Yes. <laughs> and if for yeah. those of you that are not familiar with that, it starts off with, realize this, in the last days, difficult time will come. And then it d- talks about what people will be lovers of self and money and disobedient and unholy. And it goes on and on. So I don't understand, Jan, how they would want to bring heaven down to earth uh, when the Bible does indicate everything's deteriorating and will continue in that direction. And that's that's the important thing, I think, for your listeners to remember. If they start visiting a church and, and they start talking about how things are going to get better and better, and the church is going to have the major role in things getting better and better on this very sin-stained planet, and, and you and I know that the primary theme of the end times is apostasy, not things getting better and better. I say you need to run from that church and don't even look back because it's going to be so theologically flawed that, again, you will never understand the times. Thank you, Jan. We've got about 30 seconds left, so we won't uh, keep going on this and bring up another point, but we should talk a little bit about latter rain, which people are hearing about, and Genesis 128, taking dominion over all things, what that means in light of these theologies. Uh, We're speaking with Jan Markell, founder and director of Olive Tree Ministries, of course, the host of Understanding the Times Radio, which is, you can hear that here on Q90FM. But when we come back, we're going to talk about more theologies, including 
premillennial dispensationalism, and we'll just get into Reformed theology a bit and whatever else we have time for on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're back with Jan Markell. Understanding the Times Radio can be heard right here Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. right after Voice of the Martyrs with Todd Nettleton. And Jan, you, people can get your program uh, all over the place. One place they can get it on YouTube. Can you share those places where people can listen? Yeah, well, we're on 900 radio stations now across the country, on Bot Network, American Family Network, CSN, other places. But the, the most convenient place, if folks would like to hear Understanding the Times Radio, is on our website, which is... Uh, Olive Tree Views, views as in viewpoint, olivetreeviews.org, and just go to radio, and, and we've got three, four, five years of programming there. Um, also, the oneplace.com podcasting site actually has 10 years of programming there. And then we have a visual version of the program that we put both on YouTube, on Rumble, and on our website wow. at radio. And it's in every, every, it's extremely, it's, it's almost like you're watching the program live. So if, if you learn better by watching, then go to our website or YouTube and, and look for the programming there. It is all over the place. 900 stations. Jan, thank you. That's how my book shot up a little bit in the sales when we were on with you uh, about a month ago. And I'm just very thankful because uh, uh, people were able to get it through Olive Tree Views store on your website. Well, we, and we're selling it now. And, and sales are very brisk of uh, canceling Christianity. Excellent. So uh, for some I'm glad to tell you that people are re- receiving the the message very well. It's also in our summer magazine, so folks are going to be ordering uh, through the magazine. Praise God. I thank you for that. And by the way, have you had any other issues with big tech censorship or suppression? Um, the program we just posted this morning about 8 o'clock uh, to YouTube um, is being shadow banned, and oh. it's a very harmless program. It's a repeat program of Mark Hitchcock talking about uh, plagues, pandemics, and prophecy. So it aired a year ago, no problem. Uh, Why they're deciding to shadow ban it today, I I don't know, but they are. So um, you can find it on our website. You can find it. I don't think you can find it on YouTube unless... Unless you're a subscriber, so it's it's just being shadow banned, and there's nothing controversial in it. It's just talking about how do plagues and pandemics fit into Bible prophecy. Not one thing about it is controversial. Well, this is interesting, and I'm wondering if this is one of the things that triggered them. Uh, Dr. Mark Hitchcock is a troublemaker for the kingdom oh. of God. He and Pastor Paul Blair in Edmond, Oklahoma, Pastor Dan Fisher, and about seven others stood up against the mayor of Edmond last month against their LGBTQ proclamation for Pride Month, and Mark Hitchcock signed on to that. And uh, praise God, you should hear Paul Blair's uh, statement in front of the Edmond City Council. It's five minutes. I sent it out to as many people as I could. Okay. That's an example. I know we're a little, slightly off topic. but uh, No, I need to know this. I okay. appreciate this. That is an example of how godly men, people need to stand in the gap and protect their flock and guard against what's happening in our cities. So Paul Blair addressed the Edmond City Council, and he named uh, Mark Hitchcock, Dan Fisher, and other pastors that signed on to this, and he was the one, the spokesman for the pastors, saying this is not something that all of the citizens support, and we should not be doing this as either the mayor or the governor in certain states. And my simple question was, what if more godly men, more pastors were to do this in their city council meetings instead of just conforming and just rolling over and allowing mayors and governors to do make whatever proclamations they want to make for the LGBTQ or whatever and not resist it. So praise God for Mark Hitchcock, for Paul Blair, and for the others that were involved in that. And Jan, that's Oklahoma, one of the yes. most conservative states in the country <clears throat> where right. they were standing against this, but they had to take a stand. Where are where are the watchmen? And we... yes, yes. Well, that that very well could be playing into things. Um, mm-hmm. I do know uh, <clears throat> some folks are finding this programming on on YouTube, and and others it's impossible. So uh, just what 
strange technology is going, but I, I guess it's called shadow banning, and so that's going on with Mark today. Yes. Well, let's go on to the next, actually what we were already talking about in the last segment, uh, Genesis 128. We were talking about dominionism, yeah. kingdom now, uh, post-millennialism, latter reign. Uh, the idea is almost like this Joel Osteen theology of things just keeping keep, get, right. keep getting better, and it's cotton candy Christianity, yeah. and it's all sweet and fluffy, but uh, Genesis one. 28 is a key verse. It says, God blessed them, and then he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that's Genesis 1.28. Jan, how are they misinterpreting that? Right. Well, that's kind of our, our command to take dominion over over nature and <clears throat> in the animal kingdom and and take care of it and preserve it which all of us are in total agreement with yes my goodness who doesn't want uh, uh, <clears throat> our forests and the creatures to be protected and that that's our assignment is to take care of creation um but the dominionists would say oh no that that means we're to take dominion over the entire planet the church is and we're to pr- prosper the planet and we're to prosper the church and and again, the church, it's a false teaching, the church will make the world better and better and better, mm-hmm. when in fact the Bible, as we said in our previous segment, the Bible says that in the last days, which I believe we're in, um, everything is going to deteriorate, including the church. So the church isn't going to make... Well, I mean, I thank God for the church, because the church is certainly um, contributing to some things that are a little bit more sane than the secular world is, but but basically the church is, the last day's church could be characterized by, I would say, one word, and that's apostasy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also, um, what what is their take on the Antichrist? Because that's the man with the plan, right? He's going to mm-hmm. step up and try, try to save everything. A lot of people will align with him and submit to him. Um, what is their view of the Antichrist, then, if they have these bl- views about the Earth or things getting better? Well, they don't touch eschatology of or course. end times. They <laughs> just avoid it. And and if you were to ask them, what do you believe about the rapture of the Church? Or uh, I'm sure they must believe in a second coming, but... Uh, I don't know exactly what they would believe about a second, but they do. They will. They don't believe in, in, in the traditional things. Let's just call it, <clears throat> for the sake of keeping things simple here, left behind theology. They would not believe in a literal antichrist, a literal tribulation. Why would there be a literal tribulation? The world is going to get better and better and better and better, and the church is going to enable it to get better and better. So we don't need a tribulation. We don't need an antichrist. Uh, we just look to the fact that things are going to continue to spiral uh, upward, not downward. I think people that don't want to address, because the evil around us can be overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, uh, the Bible says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good in Romans chapter 12. Don't conform to the world. But I understand how people might go along with some of these theologies, because the, the evil can be really disheartening and discouraging, yes. but that yes. doesn't mean that we are to just have our heads in the sand, does it? No, but 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 what you said is very accurate. The, the hu- human nature would rather have the, this this sort of um, uh, kind of euphoria and mm. utopia, and and we can turn things around, and we can have an end time. And this would be another facet of what we're talking about. We can have an end-time revival. Um, we, we, we can see in the coming days and weeks and months even billions of people coming to faith. Okay, what's the problem with this? Uh, the Bible says the next great revival is in the tribulation. Well, if you don't believe in a tribulation and you believe the church is going to turn everything around, <laughs> then you've got to believe that... Uh, that the revival is going to happen within the coming days and weeks and months. And that is what so many of today's so-called prophets are. I, I played a program last weekend, David. Um, it was titled, What's Next, Revival or Rapture? Mm-hmm. And I played clips of all the modern-day so-called prophets 
who are saying that there is coming with in coming months and in the next few years again billions and billions of souls getting saved that's not what the bible says mm. the bible says apostasy is a part of the last yes. days the falling away the turning to the doctrine of demons um and everything will be unsound but this revival then will be in the tribulation but if they don't believe in a tribulation then how again here's my question how can they understand the times they can't mm. uh, we want revival we want to see another awakening we want the church to repent we just don't see it happening i'm i'm an optimist and i hope it does happen sure. but I, i'm i'm concerned that it's not and i just want to uh, read a, a little quote here it says i'm concerned that america is fearful but not repentant anxious but not surrendered to god worried but not worshipful confused but not diligently seeking him and revival thrives in repentance and brokenness and if we are not yes. willing to do that in our churches how do we expect our country to uh, to be revived but Jan, it's interesting when you we were talking about the Antichrist a minute ago and what their view like they ignore it. I just and these are people in churches. I want to go back a little bit in American history. John Winthrop was the first governor of Plymouth, uh, Massachusetts Bay Colony in Plymouth, and uh, of course he was very instrumental in the, his early writings for the biblical Christian worldview to uh, be to dominate really early thinking. And he said this in uh, the early 1600s. He said, "It will be a service to the church." of great consequence to carry the gospel into other parts of the world and to raise a bulwark against the kingdom of Antichrist, which the Jesuits labor to rear up in those parts. In other words, he was saying, we've got to raise a defense, meaning America and the Judeo-Christian worldview against globalism, against the kingdom of Antichrist, which is fascinating, the insight that he had when a lot of churches today won't even acknowledge the reality of what prophecy predicts of the Antichrist. Right, but see, that's how theology has been dumbed down here over the last um, 30, 40, 50, even 100 years. Mm. When um, not, not all that long ago, some of these theologies, I mean, dominionism, I would say that's 25 years old. Now, there's this post-millennialism, like I said, that's a, that's even a hundred years old. <clears throat> but then the post-millennialists, and again, they thought everything was going to, the, the world would become perfect. And then they saw World War One and the utter destruction. They saw World War Two and the utter destruction. And they finally said, you know what, our theology, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't fit into what's happening in the world today. Hmm. And they, they gave it up. But then some of the more modern, particularly almost, I'd say, 99% within the charismatic stream came along in the 90s, and, and they came along with, again, this dominionism and this kingdom now. Mm -hmm. And again, just go to the website of Bethel Church Writing California, and you'll see it right on the homepage, Heaven is Going to Come Down to Earth. And wow. that is the essence of dominionism. Yep. The heaven is going to come down to Earth. Um, we're going to perfect this Earth before before Jesus comes in the millennium where he, and then the ultimate, the new heavens and the new earth, where it really is perfected, because wow. there's even problems in the millennium. Yes. Um, but, but then the ultimate perfection of new heavens and new earth. But they're trying to do that now. So, again, how can you possibly understand the times when you believe these nutty theologies? Jen, I think it's a good opportunity now to also warn against worship lyrics and worship music. A lot of it comes from Bethel yeah. and Hillsong. And please, friends, in your churches across the country, please be concerned and, and guard against this. Test all things. Look at those lyrics and test them yeah. from, the, from the scriptures, because some of it is, they, it's just not biblical. The songs might be great. They might sound good, the, you know, the music, musically at least, but boy, be careful what you're singing, even in worship. Um, Jan, we right. just have less than three minutes in this segment, but I want to jump into preterism. Like, it yeah. already happened, you said, and who knew? So please share a little bit about your concern about pre preterism. Well, thankfully, this is not quite as prevalent as amillennialism mm -hmm. and dominionism, um, but the chief proponent of preterism would be Hank Hanegraaff, the uh, so-called so Bible answer man. I think he's led more people astray than yeah. but anybody, at least as a radio broadcaster, and he's 
course, you become then very anti-Israel and anti-end times. But the Preterist believes that all prophecy happened in 70 A.D., that um, the the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. was the tribulation, that that Nero was the Antichrist, and that wow. there's, there's no future for anything significant in in uh, fulfilling literally in the book of Revelation. That all happened. It's wow. all history. We missed it. Now, a, a partial preterist um, will believe in a second coming. I think Hanegraaff might believe in a second coming, but a full preterist would say that Jesus came in spirit in 70 AD. So, in other words, to a full preterist, there's no such thing as Bible prophecy. It does not even exist. Hmm. Well, we're in the days of Bible prophecy. We're living in them. Uh, How on earth can a preterist understand the times? There's no way they can understand what's going on in our world from a biblical perspective. It is impossible. So if it happened in 70 AD, what did they think, for example, of uh, people uh, bowing to the Antichrist, taking the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hand? And that's a very, very good point, because if you... There are parts of Revelation, and a third of the seas, or much of the sea, turning to blood, and a third of the planet burning up in the tribulation. None of that happened in 70 A.D. Well, they'll just—they all have some excuse for it, um, but again, they probably don't take anything literally, so they'll just brush it off as irrelevant. Wow. And that's why I think— I think the importance of what we're talking about, David, is <clears throat> is the importance of taking the Bible literally. Everything where you can take it literally, we must take it literally. Now, when the trees of the field clap their hands, we know it's not literal. Right. <laughs> but when we can take it literally, that there is a literal Antichrist, a literal tribulation, a literal millennium, <clears throat> a literal role for Israel in the end times, um, a literal rebirth of the nation of Israel, and why that's so important. We must take it literally, and then everything will start to make sense. If we don't do it that way, nothing will make sense. Oh, there's so much, so much to cover here, Jan. Uh, we, since we have less than a minute, I don't want to jump into this, but when we come back from our break, uh, we'll jump into Reformed theology and their view of sure. the rapture and hopefully get to uh, pre-millennial dispensationalism sure. and and end with that. So hopefully we'll have enough time to do this. In fact, let's break now. We're with Jan Markell, Understanding the Times Radio, plus OliveTreeViews.org, where you can find out information on her programming, 900 station, stations across the country. You can download their app. And more with Jan Markell in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're back with Jan Markell, founder, director, Olive Tree Ministries. We're going through some doctrines and some questionable theologies that are in too many American churches today. Jan, Reformed Theology. What's their view on the rapture? Because that's such an important teaching. Well, within Reformed theology, and, and, and I mean, there are some very sound teachers that, uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily in agreement with every angle of Reformed theology. They'd, of course, be the hyper-Calvinism, and that's not my intent here yes. to get into that today. But, but I mean, someone I do respect within the Reformed theology would be John MacArthur, and again, may not agree with everything, but, but John MacArthur does understand um, the end time scenario, and, and he would believe as we do in a literal uh, rapture, which he would believe is imminent, and, and he stresses the very significant role of Israel in the end times. And But I would have to say that he is the exception in the stream of Reformed theology. Mm-hmm. Most within the Reformed uh, denomination don't believe in any of that. Um, and and I open, we open, I referred to a woman who wrote me, she was a part of a Reformed Baptist church, and the pastor was preaching very sound, and then he got into Revelation, and again, he made everything symbolic and allegorized everything and completely ruined and destroyed the book of Revelation. And again, because they don't take it literally, they're going to distort the end times. Now, <clears throat> what MacArthur did probably 10, 12 years ago at one of his conferences on on the West Coast and and all of his reformed brothers were out there at his annual at the their annual conference 
he chastised them, and I happened to see it on video, and he knows that his fellow Reformed uh, pastor, preacher friends don't believe, as he does, mm. and, and just how he's such an exception. Yes. I don't know how that happened, but they don't believe, as, as Mr. McCar- Pastor MacArthur does. And he said to them, and I, I watched it on, on video, he said to them, and he scolded them, and he said to them, gentlemen, have you ever met a Hittite? <laughs> of course not. You've never met a Hittite. They're the ancient history. Have you ever met an Israelite? He said, yes, you have, because the nation of Israel was reborn in 1948, and they now play the most important role on the planet. So I thank God for him Good that for he's him. at least trying to wake up his Reformed uh, brothers uh, in the pulpit and get them to see at least end times properly, because with the way they're interpreting it, most of them, again, there's nothing literal, there's no coming tribulation, there's no coming Antichrist, and again, Revelation would be um, allegorical, and again, you cannot understand the times. And I also gave kudos to uh, Pastor John MacArthur a couple years ago when he changed his views slightly on Romans 13 and the submission of mm-hmm. the church to government. And then, of course, COVID hit and the lockdowns, and yes. they were being treated and discriminated against, and uh, churches were non-essential, and he fought back. And kudos to him for changing his views on that. In other yes. words, we are not to have unlimited submission to government. So, Jan, Reformed yep. blogger Tim Chaley's rejects yep. the concept of the rapture. I didn't realize this, that he says he will always hold to the fact that Satan is bound right now, so yep. he will cling to his amillennialism. Could you... Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, then we get right back to amillennialism, and yeah. Charlie's a prominent blogger, but but um, um, they believe, see, that's, that, that's the insanity of amillennialism. <laughs> He's saying it right there, the devil is bound right mm. now. Well, excuse me, um, Mr. Challies, have you looked around and seen planet Earth and wow. the fact that it is in utter chaos? that evil is exponentially breaking out, Yes. that um, crime is on an exponential uh, increase, that, that violence and, and mayhem and insanity is breaking out everywhere. But he just said he's going to stick to his amillennialism because he believes that means Satan is bound right now. This is how bad it gets. And, and if you're going to go to a church like this, how are you possibly going to figure anything out in this world, you aren't. Uh, And you're not willing to address evil. I mean, we've got gender being redefined, God's creation being rejected, and the truth being rejected. We've got men competing against women in in sports. We've got a man winning a pageant and uh, a beauty pageant, and women are being looking at this going, what? We've got these times that we never thought we'd see happening so quickly, so I don't understand how they can think Satan is bound. But, Jan, we've got to move on. Um, we have, unless you wanted to wrap something up with your, uh, anything about Reformed theology before we jump ahead. Uh, well, I, I just, I think that the illustration there with, with, with Tim Challies is probably the ultimate in, in, in kind of the wackiness of Denial. theology. And I think where we were going with John MacArthur, where he tried to wake up uh, his reform brothers is is encouraging that yes. we and he's a very prominent voice. Mm-hmm. You know whether we agree with him 100 percent or not is irrelevant. The point is he's as long as the Lord keeps him going, he's he's a very prominent voice that he's trying to tell his brothers in, who, who believe in amillennialism, who believe in this reform theology. And the reform theology would say, well, there's no rapture. I mean, there's none of this is that. You're making this up because um, we don't find it in the Bible. Right. So, so so all I'm saying is there's a handful out there who are trying to tell the truth about this, but then um, I just think it doesn't get much stranger than... But here's the here's the troubling thing, David, is that I go back to how I, I we opened our discussion. Probably 90%, certainly 80% of the Church believes these aberrant theologies, mm. and then we wonder why the Church is dysfunctional and right. why nobody seems to be able to understand what in the world is going on, mm-hmm. well, it's because their pulpits are steering them down the wrong path, yes. and not telling them how to understand the times, because everything is symbolic, nothing is literal. I mean, it's a nightmare, but yeah. this is what people are going on Sunday and hearing, and they don't know enough to ask questions and to get the truth. 
And it sounds like there's so many churches that have conformed, and, and it, anything yes. goes in some churches. They've got the rainbow flag out. They're welcoming. Um, they're diverse, and they're worried about all these other things, attracting numbers, and it's all about church growth rather than about doctrine and That's the right. gospel. But let's move on, Jan, to premillennial dispensationalism, and we can wrap it up with this. And you, again, this is part in your article why many churches today never understand the times. And i just share what you would on that. Yeah, and if I could just say, if, they, if folks would like to go to my website, olivetreeviews.org, they can sign up for the print magazine, Understanding the Times, which is what you're reading from, and mm-hmm. they can also sign up for the e-newsletter, and they're two different newsletters. There's no charge, uh, so if they'd like to go to the website and just sign up for them, <clears throat> we'll, they'll get them sporadically. But but the, the, the theology that's so important, and I gave a term to it about a half an hour ago, and that would be left-behind theology, which was taught by uh, Dr. Tim LaHaye, um, Hal Lindsay, so many, uh, Mark Hitchcock, Ed Heinsohn, Jack Hibbs, so many wonderful teachers, um, many of them still very prominent. Some have passed on, Dwight Pentecost and others. Um, but but left behind theology is that's what's playing out in front of our eyes right now, and that teaches that Israel is going to be reborn as a nation, which happened in 1948. It teaches that Israel will be the center of world attention in the last days. It teaches that evil will wax worse and worse, mm. uh, that the church will fall into um, apostasy and false teaching. Um, again, evil will wax worse and worse. The church is not going to blossom and prosper. Um, there's going to be a remnant that are going to hold to truth, and yes. hopefully that's who you and I are talking to on a daily and a weekly basis, is, is the remnant who long to hear truth, um, and that there's a coming a tribulation from which I happen to teach the Church is absent. That's up for debate in some circles. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it is, but the Church will escape that tribulation. The Antichrist will rule for seven years, and that the world right now, what is obviously been poured out upon the earth. I say it's the spirit of Antichrist that has been unleashed upon the earth. And therefore, you can only understand the times if you believe in this premillennial dispensationalism that teaches that the world is going to deteriorate, that it's going to set the stage for an Antichrist, that Mm -hmm. that's happening as we speak, that nothing's going to get better, that there's certainly going to be people saved during this time, Mm -hmm. um, but that ultimately things are going to deteriorate, and then Jesus comes and the rapture takes his church home, uh, the seven-year tribulation plays out, and then he returns following the tribulation to set up a form of heaven on earth, the millennium. So important. Just one of the things you mentioned early on in that, the fact that Israel was born again, really, the rebirth in 1948. Some people just look at that as world history, but we need to recognize that as biblical prophecy, and that's a big dividing point, isn't it? Absolutely. And, And what's perverted all of that, we referred to it a few minutes ago, and that's this replacement theology, yep. and again, that's going to be within amillennialism, it's going to be within dominionism, it's going to be in, in so many aberrant theologies, and that would be that the Church is the new Israel. Israel has been replaced. There's no need for her today. Folks, if you're in a Church that teaches that, run, <laughs> because God is grieved by it. Yes. They, the Jews are still His chosen people. And they are literally the center of everything that's going on and why everything's going on. And he will bring them to faith in the tribulation. I want to quote you toward the end of this, uh, because I think these are such important words for us. You say, but because so few churches actually embrace theological truth, the sheep just wander from church to church trying to find one that will help them cope during these last days. But but I want to end it on another note, which you say, thankfully, there are some who refuse to buckle to false theology and reject the apparent having a love for the truth. And you say, may their number increase. (laughs) Jan, we've got two minutes left, and just share whatever you'd like. Well... Uh, and I think you would resonate with this. I mean, the most frequent email into this ministry here at Olive Tree Ministries is, where can I find a church? And you fill in the blank city. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, and we rarely we rarely recommend churches. I mean, there obviously are some good churches mm. out there, but 
uh, nonetheless, it's it's terribly risky, and <clears throat> we don't want to be leading anybody astray by getting into church referrals. But all I'm saying is there's a longing <clears throat> for people who I would say are a part of the remnant church, and those are um, people who are seeking to be truth finders and truth tellers and believe the truth and have a love for the truth. And they're trying to find a church, and they're having a terrible, terrible time finding it. They tell me they visited every church in their town, and and everyone is seriously astray. Uh, and what can they do? And some are finding uh, resources online to make up for that. And others, again, wander from church to church. So it's a sad day yes. um, for the church. But you know what? Uh, Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against his true church. Yes. The gates of hell are prevailing against the false church today, <laughs> but against the true church, Jesus hasn't left it. Amen. And I hope folks will continue to search for one, and I hope they'll find one. Amen. And I would like to clarify, and, and it's so important to realize that videos are good, teachings online are good, but it does not truly replace the body right. of Christ fellowship, communion, gathering together, assembling the saints, praying for one another, the Word of God, and, and having that time of fellowship with other believers and listening That's to right. the teaching in person. It is, a, it is a good thing to get teachings during the week, but I strongly encourage you to find some like-minded believers and lock arms with them, whether it's a home Bible study or, right. or if it's right. something else, if you cannot find a sound church in your area. Jan, closing thought? Yeah, um, uh, you know, a home fellowship is better than nothing at all. Yes. Even meeting with two or three people Amen. is better than nothing at all. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, in my name, Jesus is there. Praise God. Um, OliveTreeViews.org, Jan Markell's website. You can hear the program in so many different uh, outlets and sources, so you can get all that information there. Jan, we so appreciate your ministry. You've just uh, been one that has led the remnant, so to speak. And thank you for being diligent and faithful all these years. Well, thank you, David. And uh, it's been a joy to have you on Understanding the Times Radio and, and uh, be carrying your various products. And I hope folks will... Take a look at canceling Christianity because it's a very, very important message for today. Praise God. Jan, thanks again. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye now. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of the week. Stand up for the truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to pray for Jan and her health and uh, what a blessing she is to so many. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much and your, your support and even praying for us here, the staff here at Q90, uh, Stand Up For The Truth, Travis, our producer, uh, back in the house uh, working. Um, thank you again also for those ordering Canceling Christianity, the, the books. I got a new shipment coming in, so I'll have several more cases here if you are in the Green Bay or De Pere area. Of course, Lighthouse Christian Store also carries it, and in Appleton, Calvary Chapel, Appleton Bookstore. Tomorrow, can't wait to catch up with J.B. Hickson again, Not By Works Ministries. I love his teaching. Go check out his uh, ministry. Also, Kevin McGarry, he's a first-time guest Friday. He's with EBLM. What does that mean? Every Black Life Matters. So I can't wait to catch up or actually introduce you uh, to Kevin on uh, Friday. So thank you guys again so much. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.